Listener Production. You're listening to another episode of the Traded Mini Series on Footy Talk. We're here with Daisy Thomas, where we get all the stories, the lowdown, and a bit of news from some of our favourites of the past. And this is one of your favourites in particular, oh. Daisy, the great Travis Cloak, two time All Australian, four time leading goal kicker for the Pies, of course, a Premiership player. Broke my heart in 2010. Welcome to the show. Trav, before we get into it, tell us what you're up to these days. Good morning, first of all. Um, I'm, these days, mate, life's a bit different. I'm living on a bit of land in the Yarra Valley, uh, looking after some animals, some sheep, some cows, some horses. And in the meantime, I work at the Essendon Footy Club. So life's a little different than what it used to be. You've got a Shetland pony out there. Was there once a story going around that you had a draft interview, Greg Swan came out to your house, and your little Shetland pony, Nugget, went walking through the house? He's correct, Daisy. Yeah, Mick was uh, sorry. Mick and Eddie were sitting down as well in the living room. He just noticed the door, wandered on through, grabbed an apple, wandered on out. So, um, a, whole, a genuine changed. horse, genuine horse, mate. His name's Nugget. He's still he's still alive. Actually, he lives at Mum and Dad's property. I've got different ones here, but he's still alive, potting around. He's the size of like a golden retriever. He's um he's like a dog, mate, and he's still kicking around. Tell us about your work at the Bombers. You're enjoying your time there. Fair bit happening in this trade period down at Essendon, but it's exciting. Yeah, it is, mate. Like, my job works across boys and girls, or men's and women's. Um, really enjoying it. So, in the men's, I, I work in their development space, doing some body craft, which I was actually pretty good at back in the heyday. And in the women's, um, I run their VFL and also um, a assistant coach in their AFLW season. So, that's ticking along really well. But, gee, the men's trade period, it's heated up nicely for the first few days, hasn't it? The bomber's going nicely in that space as well. Hey, take us way back to when you first got picked up by the Pies. You had the blonde rinse, but also you came with a lot of expectation as to what you were going to be, almost the great white hope. Yeah, mate, it was a little interesting. Obviously, being the youngest of three too, and obviously dad played, so there's obviously like why did the club pick up the other two brothers? There's always been that story and that myth. So um, I'm fortunate that I got to choose where I wanted to go, to be completely honest. Uh, Richmond tabled a pretty good offer as well. But at the time, like it was probably where Collingwood was going with their facilities. They just moved from Big Park to the Holden Centre at the time. Um, they're on their way up. Richmond obviously hadn't played in finals in a long time and missed for most of my career. So it was a nice one. But um, yeah, there was a lot of expectations. Mate, I was still 17. I was still running around at year 12 when I was playing footy. As you said, I had a shit hairstyle. I still do, but that's all right. <laughs> and uh, it's, I don't know, it's, I, I, I looking back at it, I made the right choice to go to Collingwood, obviously, to play with both my brothers. But at the same time, I, I technically took Cam's spot on the list um, two years later. And part of the reason for going to the Pies, you get to play in the big games. And your debut, 2005, Anzac Day. Like, seriously, how was that as an experience and how did you handle it? Um, that's an interesting one, mate. I went to school the day before, played the next day, <laughs> then had to go to school the day after. So um, it was um, yeah, it was pretty surreal. And, and the same thing. And Mick, Mick was pretty known to debut play, uh, players on Anzac Day, let alone the big day. So... Um, it was nice. Um, I think my first touch, like I got it and I tried to kick the, the leather off the ball and it went like 30 metres, but hit someone there like, gee, the guy's got amazing vision. And I was like, mate, I shanked the <laughs> So um, I'll still live while well. that's pretty much my career in a nutshell, missing kicks. But um, I, I love the big games, like finals, like you guys have been around long enough to know that's kind of like what you play footy for. And Anzac Day, Queen's Birthday, the old rivalries, they, they were always, always amazing. And the Pies had them week in, week out. You came, or when you were at the Pies, you talk about taking your brother's spot on the list, but you had to work through a couple of other serious players. The Rocker boys were uh, coming to an end, Josh Fraser as well, a spot you, you tried to had to cement in that forward line and was able to do so for a long time. How was that as a young kid coming through, knowing that the competition is there and you have to work your backside off to get a spot? 
Yeah, it was, mate. And like, you, you got to chuck Chrissy Tarrant in there as well at his prime as well. So I, I was fortunate. I got a game. Um, I think it was round five, that's no, Anzac Day. And to be honest, uh, Anthony Rocket went down the week before with an Achilles injury. So that opened the door for me. So sometimes someone's misfortune is someone's opportunity. And you just get an opportunity and you've got to take it with both hands. And, and that's what worked out for me. And I guess the fortunate is like Mick Moldhouse, like he, he's like a father figure to all of us, especially these young men, as you know, days. And um, he gave me faith just to play footy and enjoy myself. And Taz was pretty supportive back then too. And obviously then Anthony became a bit of a mentor to me and, and still is to this day as a, as a footballer, but also as a, as a father figure as well. So it's, um, it's nice to make those relationships, but Competition within a team, it's um, it's a tough business. And to be honest, mate, you look 14 years back, um, Mason Cox, someone I mentored, takes my spot and uh, I, leave, I leave the pies. And then before we get to when you left, we have to ask about 2010, the highlight of your career, beating beating us in the grand final. And, and Trav was tearing us apart in that second quarter. But he probably kept us in it by missing a couple of goals, I reckon, Always in the turn. But you were, you were playing out of your skin <laughs> in that first half. And then fourth quarter, Goddard takes the mark. We hit the front, goes back to the centre bounce, and the ball lands in Trav's lap, and he flicks up a handball to Chris Dawes. Not that I've seen it once or twice. I'll still think about it, but it must have been a great thrill, uh, grand final day, to play well yourself and then obviously win the following week after the draw. Oh, it is, mate. It's always amazing. But, hey, that was always what I was known for, to keep the opposition in the game. That's why I missed those goals. <laughs> no one wants to win by too much, mate. So it's a bit of a – I was actually a really good goal kicker, but I wanted to make everyone feel a part of it. So – um it is, mate. Like, I, it's been the, the thing that's always probably tarnished my career is my goal kicking. But you know what? Like, it is what it is. I've lived with it. And I, to be honest, I wouldn't do anything differently. It's just something that happened. Um, grand final was amazing, to be honest. Um, you wouldn't have it anyway. Like, for, for yourself to be on the other end, it's disappointing. But, gee, we learned so much about our footy clubs and our groups those, those fortnights. Um, it set us up for probably the year after. And disappointing we lost 2011. But at the same time, 2010 was an amazing time. And that group of, of men and even staff, like, we still catch up. And it was an amazing bond. Run us through the goal kicking and, and the little bit of the yips. We obviously joke about it, but at the time, you, you can see the pressure that starts to build within a person. We've seen it this year with Harry Mackay. How did you go about trying to deal with that, and what was your process to get through it? Mate, I tried everything under the sun. I know, you, like at the club, boys used to pick on me. I had the headphones in, crowd noise. I was inside the hangar. Uh, sorry, the, the, the holding centre with the... the the imagery of games we're playing on the weekends. I used to take bags of footies home and go down the local oval and kick. So it, it mentally took a toll and, and also physically. Um, sometimes my way to cope was it was just to switch off and, and not think about footy. Um, but then, as you say, like you, around the ground, I was actually a pretty nice kick. Snaps on gold or on the run, I was really nice. So goal kicking is a different skill and a different mindset. Um, to be honest, that's, that's why I quit footy at the age of 30 as well. I was mentally done. So it was part of obviously the, the mental fatigue that took a hold of me. Um, but at the same time, like, I didn't leave, leave any stone unturned in my goal kicking. I tried everything new. I reached out to everybody and anybody that wanted to help. I listened. Uh, I took it on board. And to be honest now, it probably helps me become a bit of a goal-kicking guru because I know so many different details, but I just couldn't get it to work for me. So then it started to sort of, as you said, wear you down at Collingwood and you probably got to a stage where you were looking for a new home. So the end of 2016, 2017, you decided to change it up and you, you knock back a lot of money, what you're still owed at Collingwood, to try and sort of revitalise your career going to the Western Bulldogs. Just talk us through that experience, the thought process and, and how you went about it. Yeah, I guess like, footy was never about the money for me. It was about the enjoyment of what it gave to me. So in mid-16, it would have been June, July, um, I literally met with 
Bucks and Eddie at the time and said, guys, like, either I get a trade at the end of this year or I'm going to retire. And that was as simple as it was. Um, I wasn't enjoying footy. I'd lost the passion. Um, I was going through the motions and it probably had been for probably 18 months and I probably just didn't realise that. So the conversation had already started. I'd reached out and obviously spoke to my, my management at the time. And yeah, through the next probably three months, I'd met with probably six or seven different clubs and their senior coach and some players about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And within that time, I landed on the Western Bulldogs. I met with Bevo, um, spoke to some pivotal players at their club. Um, and I was like, this is the place I want to go. I want to go to a, a Melbourne-based club that's not the the Richmond, the Collingwood, the Carlton, these big clubs. I wanted to go to someone just under the radar a little bit. Well, We'd already ticked off and committed everything and all of a sudden the dogs win the 2016 flag that year um, and it kind of blew up in my face and I'm going to go to the biggest club in Melbourne that <laughs> shouldn't have probably technically won a premiership and get the expectations to, to perform. So I, I jumped in. I loved my time with the dogs. Um, I only lasted 12 months, but to be completely honest, wise, I, I my wife was going to give birth in three days' time before I re, uh, retired. It was a bit of a priority and reality check to me that do I want to go through this, this I know the workload of playing AFL footy uh, for another 12, 18 months. It just wasn't there anymore. The drive wasn't there. I tried different things at the dogs. But, um, yeah, footy just wasn't for me. And I guess now looking back, I tried everything I could to, to find the love and spark and it just wasn't there playing anymore. Why did you land on the dogs, apart from it being a smaller club or that was part of the plan? But why the dogs instead of five or six other suitors that approached you? Oh, to be completely honest, it was a relationship that I probably built up with Bevo. Um, I obviously had him as a development coach many years before. When I met with him, he, he sounded amazing. The, the, the message, the story, the expectations and the reality of where the club and what they were doing at the time was what I wanted. And um, I thought I could have fitted into that forward line really nicely. They had a great experienced leadership group. This is when you got Bob Murphy, Morris, um, Boy, these type of guys there and, and players I thought I could have learned off as well, which I have and now created some really good relationships with those people. And yeah, it was, it was a tough one. Um, I met with Richmond and to be completely honest, mate, 20, 2017, they win the flag and they go through and play these amazing years. So reality is you could have picked differently and had a different expectations, but I have no hesitation about the decision I made and I still to this day think it was the right one for me. And now we know you're doing some work at the Bombers, but where does your heart lie? Have you got black and white through the veins still? Like, did you watch the grand final and sort of have that connection and that pull towards the Pies? Well, I coached against the Pies in the morning. Our Essendon yes. women's team played. We got done. <laughs> so I was in the car on the way home, mate. I didn't get to the game. Uh, it was my young fella's third birthday. So family's important. But I did watch the second half. And, gee, if that game went next to two minutes, I don't know what was going to happen. But, yeah, I'm still black and white. Always will be. I love the footy club, love the people and, and the people that have gone and, and will come. Um, it's just something that I've always been a part of and I look forward to seeing the, the future of that club develop and evolve. We've asked everyone on this sort of mini-series, do you have any regrets? I think I know the answer, but have you got any regrets across your career? I've always got regrets, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm pleased with the decisions that I've made along the way and people I've made, the friendships too, and I guess that's probably the main thing I take away. Like You, you can't cross paths with anyone these days without a good story, a good relationship. I don't think I'm a bitter person. and. If I was, well, I'm sorry if I was rude or disrespectful. I don't mean to, but um, I look forward to, to meeting and crossing paths with more, but no regrets. All right, mate, I'll probably say you're a bit hard on yourself because when you look at the resume, well, premiership player, four-time leading goal kicker, two-time All-Australian, mate, you're a powerhouse at the peak of your power, so you should be very proud of your career. We appreciate your time on Footy Talk and good luck with the rest of your work, both at the farm and with the Bombers. Cheers, guys. Good to hear from you. 
Travis Cloak there, a good man. Good Absolutely. story too. Just shows it's, it's a tough caper, footy. It is a tough caper, and that resume is something he should be bloody proud of, as you say. Two-time All-Australian, four-time leading goal kicker, 256 games. You take that as a 17-year-old walking through the doors at the Pies, you tick it and say, move on next. Thank you very much. 100%. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Traded Mini Series on Footy Talk. We'll be back to do it all again next week. Listener.